It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you listen, whenever you're watching. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, uh, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Got a problem with my, uh, uh, man, all kinds of issues these last couple of days. Uh, it just was all connected, uh, tangled. Anyway, today's show, I was all tangled up and stuff. Uh, today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Best Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this show. Just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why you're so adamant about getting uh, Tom Molino's story told. Um, we had some issues yesterday. Uh, we were ready to go live uh, as soon as the Triple G and Canelo Alvarez fight was over, but... Uh, Due to some circumstances beyond my control, it's been uh, about uh, six hours late. So uh, here we are. Um, the fight took place last night, in case you missed it. Um, Canelo Alvarez uh, scored a majority decision win uh, over Triple G. And uh, uh, the way the judges scored it, uh, two saw it 115-113 for Canelo. The third had it even, 114-114. I totally thought that this fight was going to be another draw. I scored the fight 115-113 for Triple G. Uh, I thought that he uh, came on and really on my scorecard uh, took the uh, uh, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th rounds. But prior to that, um, I had given uh, all the rounds uh, to, uh, uh, to Canelo with the exception of the first round, which I thought was so close. The first two rounds were so close. Uh, listen, a lot, most of the rounds were close. And, you know, I'm not saying that this was a robbery. I'm not saying that uh, uh, Triple G should have won the fight. Um, I, you know, it was a good fight. Uh, I, can't, uh, I can't really uh, disagree with the scores. Um, except for uh, Letterman's, which was... Uh, I, no, actually, I think his was right around my score, but uh, he, he and I were seeing differently about some of the rounds. But it was an exciting fight. Um, you know, Triple G looked old to me. Uh, you know, a big. I've always been a big fan of Triple G, but he looked old to me. 
you know, he didn't go in attack mode. Uh, credit to Canelo. Uh, he stood in there. And, uh, you know, for the most part, Triple G didn't have answers for the counterpunch. The reason why I scored some of the closer rounds for Triple G was because he was throwing multiple punches. Uh, he was throwing, you know, a, a lot of jabs. And he would come back with a right hand, uh, then come back with another left and maybe another right. That was about it as, as, in terms of uh, a multi-punch. You know, he would go to jab and then uh, boom, boom. You know, maybe two more punches, maybe three. Uh, Canelo, for the most part, was throwing one punch at a time. He would counter punch and uh, he would... Uh, uh, you know, stop throwing punches. Another thing I noticed about Canelo was that he was throwing, his counter punches were generally the same punch that Triple G had just landed. If you notice with the uppercuts, when he started throwing the uppercuts, um, it was right after Triple G landed an uppercut. Then you could almost bet the house that Canelo was going to come back with an uppercut. It was something that I felt Abel Sanchez missed and uh, something that Triple G's corner... Uh, should have uh, said, hey, listen, you know, get ready for him. Uh, if you throw an uppercut, he's going to come back with an uppercut. Be ready for that. And then be able to counterpunch him when he's out of position. That's what a, a, a corner should do. They should notice things like that. And that was something that I saw uh, repeatedly uh, during the fight. Now, uh, you know, is there going to be a third one? I bet you there is. I bet you there. I bet you that there will be a third fight. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, uh, I, I just have a feeling. You know, they were talking about it, and uh, uh, you know, it just seems like that's going to be where it's at. You know, I, I really think uh, that they would uh, uh, consider. I, you know, they, they were, they were doing some interviews, um, and some of. Uh, uh, with with primarily uh, Gomez from uh, Golden Boy uh, Promotions. This was uh, the day before the way, and they had their last uh, press conference. And, um, you know, what was happening there was, uh, you know, they were talking. The, the two fighters didn't do a face-off except for that, that charade we all saw with the way. And, you know, they were making such a big deal about that. And he didn't do anything, you know, he, oh, he charged him. Yeah, he came up. He didn't make contact, you know, except for the uh, the heads, the foreheads coming together. Um, aside from that, it, it was no big deal. I think they were just giving it more than it really was. And some of the, uh, uh, some of the uh, other stuff that was going on uh, with the uh, corners, you know, these haphazard uh, punches they were throwing or slaps or whatever. I think it was all choreographed. So I didn't buy much into that. But what I did buy into and what I did read between the lines was that Gomez was saying, uh, yeah, you know, if this fight's a good fight, unless it ends in, uh, real quick via a knockout, you know, don't be surprised if we see a, a third fight. And, you know, financially, it doesn't, it, it, it's not a bad move. Uh you know, both fighters are looking to make the most money. And because the two fights were so uh, entertaining and close, um, and mo most people like myself still feel Triple G won the first fight, uh, I, I think it could be justifiable to have a second fight. And then should Triple G win that fight, would we see a fourth? I don't know. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that Triple G looked uh, old, and he looked old quick. Um so I was a little disappointed uh, there. But, hey, nobody has – father time is, is undefeated. 
he's got the the real undefeated record. So, uh, but I thought it was an entertaining fight. Uh, like I said, we had hope to. Uh, uh, to go on and uh, broadcast uh, immediately after the show. There was some a uh, lot of technical stuff going on. I don't know what it was, if it was my end, uh, if it was our streaming service end, uh, whatever it was, uh, here we are. Sal Senecola is going to be joining us here in a few minutes. Um, if you want, uh, right now, if you want your uh, comments uh, on uh, the fight uh, uh, read on the air, uh, drop us a super chat over on our uh, uh, YouTube uh, screen, our chat room over on YouTube. We are live uh, as well as uh, Facebook. And uh, all of our uh, radio affiliates are actually uh, going to be getting uh, uh, a copy of this show too. So shout out to all of you guys. Uh, we're glad you're listening. Uh, on the undercard, talk about, you know, one thing, you know, I mean, what was it? 85 bucks, right? You pay 85 bucks for this pay per view, right? If you got the high def, uh, at least DirecTV, that's what it was charging. But, you know, you, you get the pay-per-view. And, you know, not that a lot of people, uh, not that a lot of people, um, you know, buy a fight for the undercard. Because most people don't. And, you know, I, I, I just would have thought one thing. I would have thought that they have a couple of fights now, I understand. Don't, I, I don't need anybody to send me an email to explain to me or anything because I, I, I know. But I understand that certain fights make it to a pay-per-view broadcast. And, you know, other fights don't. But in the case of what took place last night, all right, um, you know, I, I, it, it, we ended up sitting around listening to, to, to these guys dance around uh, hoping that they could, uh, uh, you know, get get going so to speak uh talking about the same stupid stuff and we got nothing you know uh uh i can't even talk this morning roman gonzalez uh was uh, uh his fight ended quickly by a knockout and uh, you know it was against uh someone that he was supposed to uh get knocked out uh real quickly he, he went a couple of rounds anyway then the next fight we see is Spike O'Sullivan against David Lemieux. And, uh, uh, you know, that fight didn't uh, go long. That was uh, two minutes and 44 seconds in the first round. David Lemieux uh, knocking out Spike O'Sullivan. Interesting side note on that fight was that Spike O'Sullivan had never been down in his career, uh, let alone uh, uh, get knocked out. And that's exactly what happened with a devastating left hook from David Lemieux uh, knocking out uh, Spike O'Sullivan. Uh, in the very first round, um, David Lemieux, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, can you say he looked good? Same thing with uh, Gonzalez. I mean, can you say they look good? We didn't really see them that long. Uh, I thought Gonzalez looked good. Uh, remember, he was fighting uh, um, an opponent that wasn't that good. Uh, and as far as uh, David Lemieux, Spike O'Sullivan was built up to be uh, a, a much better a fighter than he appeared to be, um, you know. So, I, you know, the the truth of the matter is, is, um, you know, I, I just thought that uh, I I don't know what to think about David Lemieux because the punch was great, uh, typical David Lemieux, um, but he was so big, he had hydrated so big. Uh, I like his comment uh, afterwards. Well, I'm not a flyweight or whatever he said. I'm not a lightweight. Uh, but, uh, you know, now all of a sudden he's in the mix. 
Uh, nothing's changed with David Lemieux. He's a one-trick pony. Uh, he goes for the for the kill, goes in for the kill, um, and then that's it. You know, um, I just think that uh, uh, I, I just think that uh, the time will still tell on him. Uh, you know, um, we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, I don't know if it was a, all I know is he uh, uh, he 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 was a, a guy that uh, um, to me uh, we didn't get a good chance uh, to see anything uh, because uh, the truth of the matter is is that he, he didn't the fight didn't go uh, long enough and it was waved off. Um, but uh, uh, anyway. Um, you know, that was that. Then we saw the uh, uh, title defense of uh, Jaime Miguia, uh, Magua, Magua, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I, I, I dis destroy this guy's name uh, all the time. Um, you know, uh, the, this fight, I mean, this kid um, is, is good. I, I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, he's good. Uh, I, I, I think he's getting even better, uh, to be honest with you. And, you know, he came out and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I thought that uh, um, I thought that uh, uh, he uh, is looking uh, uh, much better than he than he was. Uh, but uh, in any event, hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. And when I come back, uh, we'll get uh, Dax Khan on the line uh, to talk about the uh, Triple G Canelo fight, what he thinks. And uh, we'll go from there. So don't go anywhere. Uh, we will uh, uh, be back uh, in, uh, uh, I would say, uh, about two minutes, maybe. Uh, I, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be there. So we're talking about the Canelo Triple G fight from last night. And uh, we are uh, experiencing uh, some difficulties with, uh, um, with uh, uh, Sal. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to uh, uh, get my man uh, uh, Dax here on the line. And he will be joining us here in a sec. Uh, and uh, Sal is just, uh, uh, you know, he's always got an issue with uh, uh, technology, you know what I mean? So, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, Dax being uh, uh, the great warrior that he is, uh, decided that, uh, yeah, might as well check the computer, and lo and behold, here we are, we're live, and so is Dax. Joining us right now is my man, uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Hello. How you doing? Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. This this uh, last minute stuff is uh, uh, kind of kind of uh, on 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 the ropes. It's got us against the ropes. But in any event, I'm um, glad you could uh, join us and apologize for last night. But anyway, Triple G, uh, Canelo. Like I said in the beginning of the show, I scored the fight one fifteen one thirteen for Triple G. Um, that was just me. I, I, I'm not saying, you know, the, the, the rounds were so close. It, it could have been uh, either way. I was totally happy with the, uh, uh, with the scoring. What was your thoughts on the fight? 
It was a close fight, and it was an enjoyable fight, no question. Um, I think a lot of people were thrown off by the fact that Triple G wasn't the come-forward fighter. I do agree with you on the fact that we did see some of Triple G's age. Um, you know, what bothers me in this, honestly, and and, I've st- and I stated this on social media, is the fact that, you know, this guy wasn't going to get a fair shake in anything that was close. We seen it in the first fight, and we knew that was going to happen last night. Uh, you know, I was adamant, a lot of people were adamant on the fact that, you know, he was going to need a knockout to win. You know, it, it's kind of unfair that, you know, the guy, really, he just wasn't going to get a close, um, you know, he wasn't going to get a fair shake on anything that was close. I don't know how two of the three judges actually scored that last round for Canelo. Um, Steve Weisfeld and Dave Moretti scored the 12th round for Canelo. Um, already, Oscar De La Hoya uh, um, in the post-fight uh, interview, in the post-fight presser, is discussing that um, Canelo and Lemieux were going to fight in December. You know, Oscar said, oh, Dave, uh, Dave Lemieux was worthy. Um, we're going to fight him and then plot our uh, next decision, our uh, next opponent after that. So, you know, it's just more or less... You know, it's the boxing politics that kind of have me disgusted. You know, it was a good fight. It was an enjoyable fight. Canelo, you know, did a great job. It wasn't a robbery. It wasn't a travesty. It's just, you know, it's not fair that, you know, a guy can't get, um, you know, nothing can go in his manner, in his direction, because it's all about the money. And we see that happening here in this um in, in, in this country, you know, continuously. And, you know, it's not just me, Bill. I mean, Teddy Atlas had it 117-112. Rosie Perez on social media, she was adamant, and she didn't know how they uh, gave it to Canelo. Kevin, Kevin Iole of Yahoo Sports thought it was a draw. Carl Frampton, Sergio Mora, Sean Porter all had Triple G winning. Terrence Crawford had Triple G winning. So it was not just my opinion. You know, a lot of top names felt Triple G won. Well, you know, we had talked about it extensively, and the truth of the matter was was that – you know, okay, you have to take, for, for a minute, you have to take the actual fight out of the mix. I know it sounds ridiculous, but you have to take the actual fight out of the mix for a second. And you say to yourself, okay, you know, we all knew this. This was not a secret. You know, you knew it. I knew it. Rosie Perez. I, I mean, everybody knew it. So, so I have to assume that Abel Sanchez knew it and Triple G knew it. That, that the scoring was going to be tilted towards Canelo. I mean, any close round was going to go to Canelo. I mean, we knew this was going to happen. So, with that said, why the, the, the blame that I put on, on Triple G is twofold. Number one, I blame that he did not go out there with... And I hate to say it because it's such an amateuristic statement... But he had to go out there, Dax, with reckless abandon. He really did. It was the only way that he was going to be able to to catch uh, 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 Canelo and, and win. He needed to drop him at least in this fight, and he didn't. He was trying to outbox him. The fight was fought in the middle of the ra- in the middle of the ring. This was a, a not Triple G's advantage. He needed to get him uh, against the ropes, and he didn't. You know, I've always said, and I look stupid. I say he's the best ring general. He didn't look that well. He didn't look like he was being a, a too good of a general last night. You know, so I, I mean, um, it was just the way it is. You know what I'm saying? So the other thing is that I honestly felt that um, Triple G's corner failed him. I don't know if you caught me say this, but I started noticing it about midway through the fight. Every time Triple G landed a punch, you could almost start to bet 
that Canelo came back with the same punch, almost like he was saying, oh, you landed that, well, I can land it back on you. It was really obvious with the uppercut, but he was doing it with the hooks too. And I, I, I'm really disappointed that Abel Sanchez didn't pick up on that during the fight and tell Triple G, listen, you throw an uppercut, be ready for an uppercut to come back and then be ready to counter. I, 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 did you catch that or is that my imagination? No, I, I did catch that. And, you know, like I stated, it wasn't a travesty. Um, a lot of those rounds were close. Um, but, you know, what bothers me is the fact that none of the close rounds were ever swayed in his direction. Um, and, you know, in terms of where they should have known that, of course they should have known that. Um, you know, looking back at Canel's history, number one, he got his first world title by fighting a guy in Matthew Hatton, who's a tough fighter, you know, in his day, but he had no business being in there for a world title fight. Matthew Hatton should only been watching world title fights um, against Floyd Mayweather, you know, arguably, you know, the best fighter of, you know, this era, definitely the pound for pound, um, best of this era, definitely, uh, you know, uh, probably the richest, uh, I think he is the richest fighter of all time, you know, purse grossing, and um, Canelo only lost him by majority decision, and that for years was used as a marketing tool where, well, if Floyd Mayweather can only beat him by majority decision, wait until Canelo actually reaches his prime and see how good he is, but, you know, ever since then, you know, there's just been a lot of things such as uh, what happened last night or what happened in the first fight where things always go in Canelo's favor, whether or not it's the judges, whether or not it's the, uh, um, you know, glove thing. You know, uh, that's another thing. A few days before the fight, uh, Canelo's team, they thought they were going to bring their own gloves. That was actually turned down. You know, it was like the audacity of thinking that, you know, you are so much bigger and you are so much, um, you are the sport that, you know, you can wear whatever gloves you want. You can do whatever you want. And um, Oscar De La Hoya and their team has him convinced he can do whatever he wants because he is Canelo and and it's just a travesty. It, you know, if, if it wasn't for so many times and so many incidents, you know, it wouldn't be disgusting. But, you know, it, it really is. It, it's just bothersome. And it's exactly why we see so many of these fighters going across and signing with these European promoters because they're saying to themselves, even if I lose, at least I'll get some sort of appreciation. As of right now, the fact that Triple G lost to Canelo that just leaves so many doors open. He'll never get any credit for anything he ever did before with these new type of fans. You're right. And, you know, I was. it's funny you say that because I was thinking that last night. I'm like, oh, God. And and they even were saying it on the broadcast. They're saying, oh, now he's, now he's fighting. Uh, I don't know if you caught that, but they, they're going, oh, now he's fighting upper upper level opposition, you know, which is an indicator for me that's, oh, this is exactly what the new fans are going to say. Ah, he was exposed. He never fought anybody, blah, 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 you know, but uh, uh, in any... whoever was available, you know what I mean? He, he fought who was available. Who, who was Canelo for? You know, remember, this is the 155-pound champion. Um, did, did you catch during the broadcast last night? Um, and a lot of people were uh, posting on social media, and this is the mindset of people today. Oh, Canelo is uh, finally in, at the middleweight division. Did anybody uh, forget that, you know, Canelo was the WBC middleweight champion after he beat Miguel Cotto. He actually had that lineal title. But, you know, they totally, you know, tried to ignore that. How many fans had no idea of that, you know? So and that's how easy it is to sway the public these days. Yeah, well, it's very easy to sway the public these days. But, uh, but the fight was entertaining. All in all, the fight was entertaining. Um, let, let's jump to the undercard for a second. Uh, Hamie Mugaya uh, against Brandon Cook. You know, a little side note about Brandon Cook. I, I got to call one of his fights uh, early in his career uh, that we have uh, recorded somewhere. I'll, I'll get it. 
And, you know, this, this I, what's happened here with this kid, and Jaime is a good fighter. There's no, there's no question about it. I, I love him, actually. Uh, I noticed a couple of things in this one, Dax. Number one, he's getting better. Now, it could have been his opponent. Uh, Brandon Cook, no disrespect, but he certainly didn't deserve a shot at a world title. Uh, but Jaime seems to be getting better. He seems a little faster. Uh, it's something I never thought could be worked on uh, realistically. I know people can shorten up their punches and, and you know make it look like they're, they're, they're coming at you faster. But Jaime looked like his punches were being delivered quicker. I mean, that was one knock on him in my mind that I saw in his previous fights, that he just seems slow, big, strong, slow, and, a, and a, you know, a, a good boxer without, without boxing. But he seemed like he worked on it. He seemed very confident. He seemed like he wanted to end this fight early. Uh, he did third-round knockout, one minute and three seconds of the third round. And uh, he did what he had to do. Was it the opponent, or are, do you think we're seeing some improvement in uh, Jaime, uh, Jaime uh, Mugaya? Well, he's definitely getting better, and I think that the last time out, the fact that he had um, gone the distance, you know, kind of, as we say about these young fighters who get these quick knockouts, and then all of a sudden when they have to go the distance against somebody, even if it's not a name like um, uh, Beefy Smith, that they suddenly collapse. Jaime Mugaya, you know, that fight actually made him better. I had a lot of people asking me, you know, who is Stephen Butler? And in case they forget, you know, Stephen Butler is the guy that was involved in that riot uh, when he, I mean, um, when they asked me who uh, Brandon Cook was, rather, I'm sorry, uh, he was the guy that was involved in that riot after he knocked out Stephen Butler last year. I mean, but Jaime Mungaya is definitely getting better. You know, I'm sitting there watching these kid, this kid, and I'm thinking about the uh, Saddam Ali fight, and uh, that Mickey Goldmill voice is going through my head. It's like, you know, the kid, he's a wrecking machine, you know, in that Rocky, in that voice, you know, from Rocky Three. You know, Jaime Mungaya, the kid, uh, he has a tremendous chin. He has um, pressure. He, he's vicious. He wants those knockouts. Um, when he had Cook hurt on the ropes and Cook got off the ropes, you know, he did he did what we don't see a lot of fighters do. He actually chased after him. He gave him no breathing room. He gave him no time to hold. He gave him no time to let the ref step in and give them some distance. You know, if this kid should happen to incorporate some sort of um, defense into his uh, skill set, I'll tell you what, I don't care if it's Charlo. I don't care if it's Hurd. I don't care who it is. I mean, the guy is going to walk through him. And I actually don't think this kid's going to make 154 pounds very much longer. Another fight or two. And I, I can't see him making 154 pounds. Last night he was um, a cruiserweight inside the ring. And we had a couple of cruisers weight, David Lemieux too. But um, yeah. you know, Mugaya, no, he's just not. He, he's a heavy middleweight. Mugaya, Mugaya is so young, and and I agree with you. Uh, and I think HBO uh, has latched on to him. They're 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 going down for their third. Uh, uh, you know, breath here. They're sinking for the third time, and and I think they've latched on to him. And it seems like they're going to uh, uh, try and get Roman Gonzalez uh, back uh, in the mix. Uh, your thoughts on on that fight? I, I you know, I, I didn't. I, I you know, I started trying. I was messing around trying to get things set up, and I missed a lot of it. I saw the knockout, uh, but I I missed the the few minutes before. It just again, it looked it looked very similar to the Magaya fight in terms of the level of the opponent. I mean, all in all, and I said it when I opened the show, Dax, that most people aren't buying a pay-per-view for the undercard, but this undercard was terrible. And the fact that the, the people that 
and I, and I mean terrible in terms of uh, entertainment. And and I, you know, I'm really disappointed that the pay-per-view scheduling didn't have some swing bouts ready. I know they weren't, you know, uh, paid to be on the pay-per-view, so to speak. But you can't let a pay-per-view audience hang around for as much idle time as we did. I mean, we were seeing regular television commercials on a pay-per-view to fill in the time, which I thought was uh, ridiculous. But your thoughts on that and uh, uh, Roman Gonzalez? Yeah, that that was definitely um, horrible timing, the way they did that. And they were just so repetitive. You know, they were actually, um, it was like one long infomercial. You know, so, and it wasn't even the price of a regular pay-per-view. It was $85. You know, as far as Roman Gonzalez, he looked very good last night. Um, it makes you ask, uh, is Rung Visai just that much better than we thought, or is he a guy that seems to have Roman Gonzalez's number? You know, there have been a lot of fighters in history who just seem to have a fighter who is much better than them overall, their number. You know, uh, Ken Norton versus Muhammad Ali, for an example. Um, I don't think Roman Gonzalez is ready for another Rung Visai fight, um, but he's certainly not done like many thought after those two straight losses. I think maybe an opponent like um, Iran Diaz or uh, Pedro Guerra would be optimal for him before he steps up against uh, a Juan Francisco Estrada or even uh, an Aston uh, 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 Palasi. So, you know, exactly where Roman Gonzalez is, I don't know right now, but I definitely do know that um, Moses Fuentes, by him saying, I'm going to retire Roman Gonzalez, that might have been the worst thing that he said. That might have really lit a fire under Roman Gonzalez. You know, Roman Gonzalez, you know, again, he's a guy who's young. He has a lot of miles on him for somebody who is so young. But, you know, he has fought so many times because the guys in that division need to fight so often because they don't get paid nearly a fraction of what the bigger name stars do. I'm interested to see what happens with him next. Um, like I said, you know, a couple uh, more fights against some lower-level guys, like ones that I mentioned, before he steps up to that next level. And then we'll see what happens with him after that. Because, again, you know, as we said about uh, Jaime Mungaya, I don't think Roman Gonzalez is going to really be able to stay at that weight class for much longer. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think uh, I think you're right about um you know, his previous two fights. I mean, he, he, he met a guy that's got his number plus the amount of fights that they have and the mileage on these guys. I mean, they're in wars most of the time. So uh, I'm with you there. I, I, you know, who knows? I don't know financially if, if Gonzalez is, is set or not, most likely not. Uh, but uh, this would be a good fight if he was deciding to walk away. This would be a good fight to end his career on a positive note. But uh, like you, I, I doubt that that's going to happen. Uh, but I was just disappointed that they didn't have a plan B. Uh, you know, you you put these guys in, and these knockout punches, they were all knockout punches too, and you put them in with less than stellar opposition. I mean, you know... I, did they not think that they, there was a, a, a slight possibility that the fights wouldn't go to distance? I mean, I, 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 I'm just saying, from a consumer point of view, Dax, you spend 85 bucks. I mean, I, I, I had the high-def version on, on DirecTV. It was 84.95. All right? You spend that, and you say to yourself, okay, you know, I'm paying for Triple G uh, Canelo rematch. But I kind of want to be able to stay awake. I, I kind of want to, and that's another thing. I was glad that they had it a little earlier. I was glad that they, they did do that. I was happy about that, uh, that we weren't watching the main event at 1 a.m. But, um, I, you know, I, I'm sitting there and saying to myself, oh, you know, I, you know, I, I wanted to hold off. Uh, I was uh, trying to get the, everything uh, uh, set for us here 
but uh, I was trying to hold off, uh, and I did successfully. And I grab a, a, a scotch uh, right when uh, uh, the Triple G fight started. But I'll tell you, it was hard to hold off. I was saying to myself, God, how am I going to stay awake here? I got I to, gotta, you know. But a, a lot of dead air, didn't you think? I mean, uh, from a consumer point of view, that wasn't cool. If anything, what they should have done is actually had some boxing discussion, you know, in terms of the main event. Maybe what they should have done was speak about, um, or after the David Lemieux and um, Spike O'Sullivan fight, maybe they should have spoke. That would have been an optimal time to bring up Billy Joe Saunders and a possible fact that he was going to fight the winner in a unification bout. Um, they could have mentioned Demetrius Andre. They could have mentioned Danny Jacobs. They could have mentioned Ryota Murata. Um, you know, the other top middleweights, you know, where they're going to fit in in the future, you know, exactly how those fights would take place if they fought either one of the winners, um, even if they fought against one another. But again, because those guys guys with another promoter they don't want to mention them because that would you know gosh forbid take away any of the limelight from a canelo uh you know so that that's you know it's very disappointing that they don't talk about the rest of the sport as a whole anymore but the rest of the world bill i'm saying this and a lot of people on social media think i'm crazy when i say the rest of the world is, is revolving in boxing and the rest of the world is actually laughing at the united states when it comes to this sport because you know boxing is big business everywhere of course it's big business here but it's even bigger business everywhere else you know even bob aram is laughing at what you know the way some of these guys are going for these last ditch efforts you know floyd mayweather, mayweather manny pacquiao talking about fighting it uh, fighting again bob may uh, bob aram said i don't have time for this you know what, and just, you know, you know, threw his hands out there like that. So, you know, it's just everything just becoming recycled in this country. Nobody wants to talk about what's going on in the overall picture. They don't want to admit that boxing is a global sport. They just seem to think that boxing is a U.S. sport. Um, only, you know, a certain amount of divisions are really watched, you know, um, you know, maybe lightweight, uh, super welterweight. I mean, junior welterweight, super welterweight, welterweight, middleweight. You know, and and that's it. You know, and the only time the heavyweight division is ever mentioned is when Deontay Wilder fights the cruiserweight division after the Super Six tournament. I mean, uh, the World Boxing Super Series. You know, all of a sudden because there wasn't any big American stars there, everybody wants to act like that division doesn't even exist. You know, so so boxing is just not going in the direction. You know, for the positive, uh, HBO was on its last legs. You know, boxing in this country is just, it's nowhere what it was a year ago, whether uh, let alone what it was 10 years ago. And next year is going to be even worse. I'm with you. And uh, that's a great segue. We are, uh, as the show progresses now, um, uh, Dax uh, uh, has come up with a great plan for us. And uh, we are going to be focusing a lot more, even though I got to I gotta just say this. You know, we have been one of the only uh, consistently, I mean, this show is been around over 15 years now and we're, we're one of the only uh, american-based uh, uh shows that have uh talked a lot about the european uh happenings in in the sport but we're going to focus a, a lot more and rightfully so they deserve it they're the ones carrying the sport i've been saying that for over a decade that uh, england uh carries the sport of boxing on their back and uh the the problem that you mentioned dax uh, and we're going to have to let you go here in a sec. But the problem that you mentioned, I, I can sum it up in, in one word. Uh, with the promoters from, from overseas versus the U.S. promoters, I could sum up the problem with the U.S. promoters in one word. And that word is laziness. The U.S. promoters are lazy. That's why they recycle uh, fighters that, that have a name. That's why a Floyd Mayweather can make an announcement uh, and say, I am fighting Manny Pacquiao again, and the fight's going to take place in December, and he's going to be able to call all the shots. Why? 
because number one, we all know that Pacquiao is not uh, with top rank anymore technically and without top rank last time they were together top rank just handled the distribution of the the broadcast uh he's not going to need to do that this time so uh, you know that's why it's laziness it's the fan base the type of fan that buys into the bs uh and they're going to do they're going to do okay with that and we're going to keep moving along uh eddie hearn will save the sport if he becomes as popular in the United States as you and I believe he will. And over the next few months, uh, we will be talking a lot about that. Because if Eddie Hearn, could you imagine, Dax, let me me get your comment before we let you go. Could you imagine if Eddie Hearn woke up this morning and said, you know what, I'm sick of boxing. I'm done. I retired. What would happen with the sport today? Right now, today's day, Eddie Hearn and matchroom boxing walks away from the sport. What happens? A lot of big name fighters, you know, over the over in uh, the UK, boxing would still continue on because they love their fighters. It doesn't matter if you got a hundred losses, as long as you're a fighter and you go out there and do a fighter's job, they love you. But in terms of a lot of uh, the big name guys that are going over there, you know, they kind of be left out in the cold back over here. Uh, the reason why they went over there with Eddie Hearn, you know, um, you know what. These fighters, in my opinion, Bill, the guys that are going over and signing with Eddie Hearn or looking over to any other promoters outside the ones that are here in the United States, they have caught on. You mentioned how the promoters, you say it all the time, promoters don't promote. If a lot of these fighters looked and paid attention, they're promoting themselves. Without social media, a lot of these guys would not be known. All these guys are out there promoting themselves on their Twitter accounts, on their Facebook accounts, on their Instagram pages. And, and, and top names because you don't get the press releases from these American promoters like you used to. But every day I get at least 20 press releases, whether or not it's from a Sourlin, whether or not it's from Frank Warren, whether or not it's from an Eddie Hearn, whether or not it's from a Japanese promoter, whether or not it's from Kamosa AG. You don't get that from the um, from the uh, promoters here. And so, you know, that's that that's you know, that's the reality of what's happening here. And, you know, a guy like Eddie Hearn is changing all that. And we're going to see that when he brings his October cards here to the U.S., Dax, I appreciate you uh, coming on as quickly as you did, um, uh, especially especially what was I was going through. I was up, uh, whatever, but uh, we we did it, and we'll look forward. Uh, last to night, week. I'm sitting there like, well, where's Bill? You know, yeah. four o'clock in the morning. I know. know well, I was still working. Like, oh, probably fell asleep. I'm like, hey, figures. No, I was I was working on I was working on it. We were having, I mean, every possible thing. And I don't even know if it was all on our end or not, but uh, we got it resolved. I, it's up. I, I seen it was all set up earlier on on our uh, our YouTube page that you know for the post fight show and then uh, after the fights all of a sudden everything disappeared. I'm like, what's going on? Here? I, it's exactly what happened. I mean, it it it, w- it was set up hours before, and uh, you know I was already. I mean, you know, like I said, I even withheld having a scotch for 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 four boring fights, you know, but. Uh, uh, in any event, in any event, looking forward to next week. Uh, we are going to be starting a little earlier than we had been, but uh, we got a lot of stuff on tap, and uh, looking forward to that, my man. So uh, thanks for uh, uh, saving the day. All right, everybody, speak to uh, talk to you soon. Have a good day. That's uh, Dax Khan. You can check out his column uh, up on BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, very solid there. Well, listen, we're going to try and get uh, my man Sal Rocky Senecola back on the line here. Um, we're going to take a short break. Uh, and when we come back, hopefully, we will have uh, Rocky Senecola join us, get his thoughts on that and 
something that we just touched on, the announcement of Mayweather Pacquiao 2, something I've said uh, was definitely going to happen. Everyone said no, uh, but here it is. It was happening a little further along the line than I thought, but uh, uh, we'll talk about that. Give us two. Billy C. will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C., the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. Undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's talking boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And we're talking about the uh, Triple G Canelo fight, even though we were supposed to uh, do this uh, last night. And I would bring my man Sal Rocky Senecola on, but, you know, he uh, doesn't have his camera turned on. Uh, this guy is technically impaired. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, uh, Triple G Canelo, uh, it was a uh, great fight, uh, in my opinion. Uh, you can't uh, deny that uh, one little bit. Uh, what you can do, is you can uh, uh, blame uh, uh, Triple G for not putting uh, uh, his hand, uh, his foot on the gas pedal. Are you there, Sal, or what? Um, but uh, but your video isn't, so uh, get your video going. And, um, you know, I, the thing is this. Uh, the bottom line is this. Triple G and Canelo, uh, we can't uh, blame them uh, for not, uh, uh, you know, giving us uh, their all uh, because they both did. And there was even a point in the fight where it didn't look it from from my point of view, uh, but it must have been taking place in the corner of Canelo, where they were telling him, "You're you're in good shape. You're younger. You're stronger." There must have been some doubt. He did not show it. Uh, I did not see Canelo, with the exception of that one round that uh, towards the end, I think it was either the tenth or the eleventh where uh, Triple G really poured it on and uh, stunned uh, Canelo for a second. And there's where the youth always comes in uh, into play, but uh, stunned him for a second. That was the only time that I saw Canelo uh, take his foot off the gas. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Sal, are you there at least, audio? Are you, are you there? Can you hear me? Billy? I hear you uh, fine, Sal, but if you if you got to get your video turned on. And, um, Bill, but, Bill, I keep hitting the camera. Uh, all right, all right, all right. But, uh, you know, I, we don't need to, to, to do that. Well, we won't have your video, that's all. So uh, the bottom line is, what was your thoughts on the fight? Bill, as you commented, it was a it was a very good fight. It definitely exceeded what I expected the first time. It definitely uh, uh, was better than the first fight. This was a real fight, and um, you know, again, I think uh, Triple G uh, showed too much respect early. But hey, it was a tactical fight early. Uh, I thought Triple G, I, Bill, I had the fight one eighteen to one eleven in favor of Triple G. And when I heard Larry Hazard after three. 
Not Larry Hasman. Larry. Sorry. Uh, um, no, Harold. Like, Harold, Harold Letterman. Letterman. After three rounds, he had two rounds to one in favor of Canelo Alvarez. And I said to myself then, I said, well, I may have seen one or two rounds differently because I had a two rounds to one Triple G. But I said to myself, at least Harold will be a good judge because he does call a great fight. I love the way he looks at rounds. So going through the fight every three rounds, I was very excited to see that Harold Letterman also had Triple G comfortably ahead. And at the end of the night, like I said, I added up my scorecard and I had 118 to 111 in favor of Triple G. Well, let me ask yeah. you this. Let me. You have yeah. your scorecard in front of you, right in front of me. All right, let's go round by round, and and let's and let's see how you scored. First round and uh, the first round, I had this. This every round was close, in my opinion, except for a every couple. Round, but, Bill, every but, round, but every round. But the first round and the second round were extremely close, in my opinion. They could have gone either way. I scored round one for Triple G. Who did you score it for? I scored round one for Triple G. Okay. Round two, I scored for Canelo. <laughs> round two, I scored for Canelo. All right. All right. Round three, uh, and, well, actually, from round three, round three, four, five, and six, I scored all of them for Canelo. Actually, round three, I scored a 10-9 for Triple G. Round four, I gave them a 10-10. Round five, I gave Triple G 10-9. Round six, I gave Canelo 10-9. I had at the end of six, 58 to 57 in favor of Triple G. All right, after six, um, I had uh, uh, 55 for Triple G, 59 for Canelo. But then, but then... Then. I gave the rest of the fight, round 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, Me for too. Triple G. Me. You know, I gave all those rounds. Now, now they were close, and, and at the end of the night, my scorecard came up to be 115-113 in favor of Triple G. And, I, you know, I don't have a problem with the score. Uh, you know, to... I don't have a problem with 115-113 for Canelo. I don't. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't have had a problem with the draw either. Um, you know, the, the the truth of the matter is, is it was a close fight. You could have scored it either way. Uh, once again, uh, Triple G led on the uh, punches, uh, not only the quantity of punches, but the punches landed. Uh, but, but, Sal, you and I talked about this not only on the air, but extensively off the air. We both said, that Triple G had to fight this fight with reckless abandon. That he had to go in there wanting to take Canelo's head off. And Sal, he didn't do it. He, he fought Canelo's fight. He fought in the middle of the ring. He did not show any signs of being the ring general that I've bragged that he was. I was disappointed in the game plan. I agree with you, and I'll tell you what. When you say reckless abandonment, Yes, he should have done that from round one. I I told you last week when we were talking, I said this fight should have the making, should have the makeup of another great middleweight championship fight 30 years earlier. It should have been with the intensity, emotion, laid all on the line. Let's see who can win, such as the Marvin Hagler-Thomas Hearns fight. And 
you know, I, I, I understand. One, two, and three, they went out tactically, and they were looking to position and see. I agree with you. Triple G should have taken the fight to Canelo, and instead he became the counterpuncher, moving backwards, this, that, and everything else. You could argue the point, well, hey, guess what? He didn't have to track down and run after Canelo. He, he had Canelo right in front of him. But still, he didn't do what he needed to do to be as dominant as he could. In those later rounds, when he put some combinations together, and yes, I believe he did hurt Canelo. I thought he put took the pedal off the metal there because I thought he could have followed up the next round with the reckless abandonment and then just hurt Canelo and put him away. But he didn't. And even though I gave him rounds 7 through 12, I gave to Triple G. He won those rounds. Uh, like I said, I still saw, saw a fight that had Triple G winning. Um, but as you and I mentioned, as you were so clearly right, uh, Triple G had to make a big statement, had to knock Canelo Alvarez out to win this fight. And, uh, and I agreed with you then, and obviously I'm going to agree with you this morning. I was talking to Sal on the phone. I was driving somewhere, and I said to Sal, I don't know where I heard it, but someone told me that they felt that, uh, oh, I, I, um, my man Mitch, my man Mitch, I got to give Mitch the credit. He, he said it. He said, yeah, uh, Triple G's got to knock out Canelo in order to get another draw. And I said that to Sal, and I was like, you know, it, it's right. When when the, the fight was as close as it was, I knew the, the nod was going to go to Canelo, uh, especially when they read the draw first, 114-114. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. And, then, and then you knew that the fight was going was gonna to go. Here's where I think the fight was lost. Now, I, I honestly believe, and Sal, feel free to keep working on, on your video uh, while we I talk. Am, I but, am uh, but, on every minute. But, well, yeah, obviously what you have is in your – and I hate to talk about this on air, so I apologize to everyone that's listening to, to me give Sal technical support. But what you have right now is you have your photo set as your camera – and you need to put your camera instead of that. So you work on that. But, uh, but in any event, um, this is what I think, Sal. I think that what happened, if you look at the two fighters, both fighters tried to do what they wanted. Canelo was more successful. He, he actually did what he said he was going to do. Uh, Triple G did not fight with reckless abandon, uh, which is probably a smart thing. Uh, and when I say reckless abandon, what I mean by that is he should have been throwing a lot more punches. He should have been uh, on the attack. But in Canelo's defense, he was landing some short, sharp punches that were making Triple G think twice. So, I, I mean, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, when you look at the two corners, Abel Sanchez lost. Abel Sanchez was out-cornered. He was out-coached uh, 100%. And my, the biggest thing I noticed, and I said it in the beginning of the show, and I said it to Dax, and Dax agreed, uh, noticed the same thing. I don't know if you saw it, but I'm going to say it again for people that are just tuning in. Uh, what I noticed was that Canelo, now whether it was being as a macho move or what, every time Triple G landed a punch, now I'm talking about landing a punch, landing a solid punch, Canelo would come back with the same punch, almost to say, 
Oh, you got me here. I'm getting you. And the, when I first started noticing it on a consistent basis was with the uppercut. I mean, I, you know, if I had anybody to bet last night, I would have started betting every time Triple G threw the uppercut that Canelo would come back with one of his own. And I feel that Abel Sanchez should have noticed that from the corner and should have said to Triple G, hey, listen, every time you land a punch, Canelo's coming back with that same punch, specifically with the uppercut. So next time you land one, be ready for one, and then be ready to counter it. And and he never did. It was like tit for tat. And, and uh, you know, that's what I think lost the fight for Triple G. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did notice that. And it was uh, happening too, obviously, that I, I, I really... I agree. You know, I, I, I saw that Abel Sanchez was, was definitely... Uh, telling Triple G some of the right stuff, but uh, with their relationship being as close as they have uh, had and that they've worked together, you know, I, I just thought that Triple G could have been a little more responsive, and I thought that he he was assessing and, and uh, doing what he had to do each round to figure out Canelo. But that's just it. He shouldn't have had to have figured out Canelo. He should have just fought his fight and not Canelo's fight. And that was the whole thing. Uh, I, bottom nut, bo- bottom line, and in a nutshell, he fought Canelo's fight, the majority of that fight, instead of fighting Triple G's fight. Maybe he felt comfortable. Maybe he felt he was going to catch Canelo, and I thought he was going to do so too. Um, not to take away from Canelo. He fought a, a great fight, and uh, uh, I just thought that uh, Triple G did do what he had to do to win, but uh, not, not enough, and obviously... Like uh, Mitch was kind enough <laughs> to point out, uh, he could have knocked out Canelo Alvarez to get a draw. Well, you know, Canelo, uh, you know, had the, the he had he, he was the favorite in terms of judges and everything else. Triple G's team everything. had to know that if the fight was going to be close, that it, he was not going to get the decision. Uh, you know, for him to walk away the way he did, uh, not give a comment, you know, like he was robbed. There was, there was no way of robbery. Yes, I scored the fight for Triple G, but it wasn't a robbery. Those those rounds were so close. Um, it, it was a failed game plan. I also thought that Triple G seemed winded. He was huffing and puffing, breathing out of it. Now, maybe, who knows, maybe his nose got, uh, you know, broken or, or uh, you know, compromised and, and he had to breathe through his mouth, but he was breathing through his mouth halfway through the fight on. Um, you know, so I, I, Father Time had... had he, he played a part in this fight. There's no question about it. And, um, you know, it, it, you could see why Triple G ended up, you know, folding and taking the fight for the final offer deal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it was the biggest money fight for Triple G. I don't see any reason for Triple G to come back unless they had a third fight. There's no reason. they re- talked about. No, I know. They're, they're talking about a third fight. Uh, Canelo said he would bring it on. Uh, he would definitely take it. He was going to go hang out uh, with his family for a while, blah, 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 the usual stuff that we hear. Um, as Dax reported earlier, uh, Oscar De La Hoya already said David Lemieux is going to get a shot at him. Uh, of course, David Lemieux is an easy win. Uh, yes, he's got punching power, but he'll never be able to um, get to Canelo and land those punches. Uh, because I don't of- know about that, Bill. I don't know about that. Style big fights, and David Lemieux – May have uh you know the 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 rangy, lengthy uh, arms and 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 power to uh, to 
get uh, Canelo Alvarez's attention. That would be a good fight. I, what, I'd be what, definitely interested to see what, that fight. What, what, David Lemieux, are you looking at? I, I'm looking at more of a shorter, stockier, compact David Lemieux, like he's physically, uh, you know, set up. Yes, he's got punching power, but he leaves himself wide open. He, 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 he throws those looping punches. And Canelo, whether you like him or not, is a, is a technically sound fighter. I mean, this guy uh, delivers punches. Hey, listen. Uh, the 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 Canelo Alvarez I saw last night beat Triple G, you know, in a close fight was was a very talented fighter. Um, he's, I agree he, with you. You know, he was sound. I, he was technically sound, he technically was solid. Sound. He was solid. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you know, we could pick him. You know, he was improved. He improved over the last year's fight. He improved quite a bit. I, I, I you see, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know about that. I think that his his. He was always he's always been technically sound. I mean, l- listen, what he did differently last night was he stood and fought. If if you notice towards the end of the fight, you know when Triple G started moving away and trying to box, Canelo was looking at him and and uh, like with this look, like what are you doing? I, I thought you wanted to. T- I thought you wanted to to, to fight Mexican style. It, it was a co- complete reversal, in my opinion of personalities as that fight wore on. Triple G was was starting to come on, and, and I thought he clearly was winning the later rounds, but it still was Canelo that was willing to exchange more than, than, than Triple G. I, tri- right. Triple G. Triple G did not fight the fight that he fought, that he should have fought. And, and whether it's because of his age or whether Abel, Abel Sanchez was trying to tell him, you know, you got to go in there. You got to fight. You got to blah, blah, blah. And, and Canelo wasn't responding. And, there's, and Sal, no one knows more than you. There's only one reason a fighter doesn't respond to his coach. And that's because, well, two reasons. That's because either, A, he just can't do it. He's, he's out. Uh, or, B, he's getting tagged enough where it's hurting him more than his trainer is, is letting on to. And I think that was the case. I think Canelo was tagging and hurting Triple G more than people realized. Did he go down? Did he get staggered? No. But Triple G's got a solid chin. And and I'm telling you, credit what credit's due. Canelo was landing some solid punches. And and even though Triple G was landing them, it, it just seemed that they weren't landing uh, as as snappy as uh, as Canelo. I'm sorry. I I. I... Do agree on that level. Two things I want to I want to discuss. Number one, I uh, I saw at the end of the fight, and tell me if you agree or not. I saw Canelo Alvarez had the look on his face immediately after the fight as a defeated fighter. He didn't look like he thought he won. He was kind of head down, a little solemn. And like, what did what what did I just finish? I I had the feeling when they had the camera on Canelo Alvarez that Canelo Alvarez did not believe he won that fight. What's your thought? I don't know. I think it doesn't that, matter. I, I, no, it doesn't matter. matter. I I don't think that because I think that deep down he knew damn well that if this fight was going to be close, if, if 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 Triple G won easily, it would have been a draw. That. Canelo knew damn well that if this fight was close, that he was going to get the nod. They already knew that. You know, I, I mean, I, 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 I think that 
if if there was any kind of solemnness from Canelo after the fight, I, I think it was the fact that he lost the last round on everybody's scorecards except the judges, which was pretty weird. But uh, because his corner told him he needed to have a strong round, uh, and he didn't. I, I thought that Triple G had the stronger round. I'm talking about the last round. Uh, yeah. So I, I think, if anything, what you might have seen was that. But I, I don't think that he was uh, uh, thought that he lost. He, he certainly was uh, was definitely uh, happy when, when the official announcement came. That oh, he yeah, won. he was happy. But he, he as they were taking his gloves off before the judges came up with the scores, he, he looked, he didn't act like a fighter that, won a fight he he looked very much in uh reflective at the time like uh going over in his mind and he didn't wasn't as uh, jubilant like hey i'm i won this fight and everything else he he seemed very quiet and reserved and uh, not that it was a bad thing either maybe he was practicing a little humility who knows um tell you why what i was getting tired of hearing from max kellerman and i don't want to rip anybody apart i had two thoughts during the uh broadcast to uh, really as, uh, assess and to to uh, uh, finally understand uh, Larry Merchant, who used to have a canned speech no matter what happened in the end of the fight. And towards the later rounds of the fight, I kept thinking, what are they going to say? What would Larry Merchant be saying? He'd be putting together for each fighter, whoever would win this fight, a nice little uh, uh, speech here. And, and I, I couldn't help but think about what Larry Merchant would have been saying. Uh, one thing. Another thing is, what did they come out with this new term that Max Kellerman kept coming out with? The story of the fight. He's winning the story of the fight. I mean, <laughs> did you get that? Listen, what I got was that HBO is hanging on to it. somebody threw him a lifesaver as they're drowning, and it was the wrong kind. It was a cherry-flavored one. And they're sinking. They're sinking. And, you know, they're just trying the to build a... They, they, try, they said, throw me a lifesaver. And the guy's going, what flavor? No, 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 not that kind of lifesaver. I mean a lifesaver. We're sinking here. But uh, but the truth, <laughs> of the, the truth of the matter is, is that HBO uh, is losing the battle. And they're trying to, uh, you know, uh, hey, listen, let's be real. The first fight was controversial. It wasn't a great historical fight. I mean, they no, made they they they, and, they, and made that, that the they made they made that fight sound like it was Hagler Hearns. I mean, they're going, yes, oh, it was a great yes, fight. Oh, yes, we picking yes. up with thirteen. Oh, terrific fights. I say, uh, let's go for another one. Blah blah blah. I mean, come on. Listen, it was an entertaining fight. But you see, that's the problem with the sport today. The 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 the, the young people today. And, and trust me when I tell you, they don't know the sport. They don't know boxing, okay? No. And, and it, for, the, for, for some people to sit there and watch this fight last night and say it was a great fight, yes, it was entertaining. Great? Absolutely not. Go, go, go punch up any uh, of the big fights from, you know, uh, 30 years ago and, and beyond, and you'll see some knockout, dragout fights. Now, the argument because they've been brainwashed as well, you know, the sweet science, you know, blah, blah, blah. Give me a break. What? The sweet science means you can run? You know, was Triple G uh, executing the sweet science last night because he was uh, moving around the ring? Nah, he just didn't want to get tagged because Canelo was tagging him. Um, uh, the truth of the matter is, is the fight was entertaining. It was not worth what they charged. It, it wasn't even, that was an HBO, the, that fight, the way it unfolded, uh, not with the participants, but the way it unfolded, 
It should have just been a regular old HBO, not an $85 pay-per-view. I'm sorry. It just wasn't. And, and with all the other knockout, one, you know, quick knockouts, it was, it was quite the ripoff. I could see them helping uh, people uh, uh, subscribe to these streaming uh, um, uh, subscriptions because, you know, you're getting more for your money. Uh, than what we got last night, that's for sure. But uh, it was a good fight. I, I, you know, if 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 we if we never see uh, Triple G again, um, you know, he still has nothing to be ashamed of with his career. Uh, if we see a rematch, he's just going to be an older fighter. I, I think he would clearly be doing it just for the money. Uh, it's Canelo's time now. How does Canelo fare against the Daniel Jacobs uh, of uh, of the division or even the Charlos? Um, you know, we'll see. You know, I think Danny Jacobs gives uh, um, Canelo all kinds of trouble. The only thing I would worry about with Daniel Jacobs is I still think, even though he hung in there with Triple G, I still think he has a suspect chin. And uh, as Canelo uh, demonstrated last night, he's got a solid chin. The question is, can Daniel Jacobs hurt him? I would like to see Danny Jacobs fight uh, Canelo. I would also like to see Billy Joe Saunders fight Canelo. Uh, we'll see what Canelo does. I have a feeling Canelo's going to play games. Uh, they're uh, ripping the uh, uh, Floyd blueprint right out of Floyd's hands. And uh, that's what I hate about the American uh, promoters. And, um, you know, this is why uh, we're shifting gears and uh, we're going to cover a lot of, uh, uh, you know, overseas stuff uh, from uh, here on out. But uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, is it was a good fight. Uh, speaking of Mayweather... Let's talk a little about that. Now, I said this. You know what? In your place when we broadcast, I said to you that there's going to be another fight. You said yep. that's when you gave me your, well, if they fight 100 times, Mayweather's going to win 100 times. Uh, there's no reason for another fight. I said, you watch. They're going to have another fight. Pacquiao lost. Put that fight on hold. But in lieu of Mayweather's spending habits, and in lieu of the fact that he owes tax money now for the McGregor fight, we knew damn well that this guy was going to fight again. And he's going to fight again after this, guaranteed. I mean, that Mayweather is just a, you know, he's got just uh, the biggest ego. Him and Teddy Atlas, between the yeah. two of them, they, they can't even be in the same room because of the egos that uh, come with them. But the truth of the matter is, is that Mayweather will never be a successful promoter until he lets his ego go and uh, proof in the pudding. Uh, he's announced that him and Pacquiao will have a rematch, and it will be taking place in December. Uh, does not surprise me. I think it's a good fight for both of them at the stage that they are at right now. Um, the outcome, uh, I don't, listen, Floyd has slowed down. He hasn't fought a top young guy in quite a while. Uh, the last younger guy he fought was Andre Berto, who has no skill set. That was quite a many a few years ago. Um, don't be surprised if Pacquiao wins the rematch. I'm telling you right now. What's your thoughts? No, I, I still stand by my original declaration a couple of years ago when I said if they fight at times, Floyd Mayweather wins 90. And uh, I, I really yeah, but here, believe that. But here's the thing. And, and I'm not going to disagree with you if we were talking about Floyd Mayweather from even three years ago or, or even the same version of Floyd Mayweather that fought Manny Pacquiao the first time or, or, or the, the, the Floyd Mayweather as he started to age, even the Floyd Mayweather who fought uh, Andre Berto. I, I agree with you. But 
Floyd Mayweather has been very successful at preserving himself. But at the end of the day, yes, he's. I know he spends money and stuff, but he doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He lives clean. He's always in shape. He doesn't have the distractions aside from, uh, you know, strip clubs and, and spending money and stuff like that that Manny Pacquiao has. Um, but at the end of the day, every fighter ages. And Manny Pacquiao will have more to get up for this fight mentally. He's got the, I got to prove to everyone that it was my shoulder uh, thing. He's got the support of the Philippines and all the other people that want to see Floyd lose. Uh, you know, so I, we're going to see the best possible version of Manny Pacquiao. They're going to, they're banking on selling this fight because of Manny Pacquiao's knockout performance of his last fight. Uh, even though uh, we have to keep in mind who he fought, etc., uh, etc. Et but I, I have a feeling that if Manny Pacquiao goes into this fight the way Triple G should have gone into the fight with Canelo, that he's got a chance. If he goes into the fight like Canelo, like uh, Triple G fought Canelo, then you are 100% right. We are going to see another anticlimactic fight, and we are going to see Floyd Mayweather uh, run and dance and, and win a 12-round decision over Manny Pacquiao. That, that's what I think. But if Manny Pacquiao goes in and says, hey, kill or be killed, I don't care. I'm going to go out on my shield. If I lose, I'm going to force him to knock me out. I'm going to force him to fight. Uh, I think he's got a better than good chance to upset Floyd. That's just my opinion. Uh, but, you know, Floyd has obviously got the better skills. He's preserved more, has never been knocked out, uh, has less on his plate, can focus more on the fight. He's got all those things going for him. Plus, he's going to be calling all the shots. And this time, Manny Pacquiao is not going to have a leg to stand on. Well, you made some good points points across the board there, and I uh, I I could understand and follow each and every one you did uh, you mentioned, and uh, I do agree. I I just think, like I said, I'll stick to my boilerplate answer. I I just think that uh, I'm not saying out of a hundred fights that Manny won't win one, but I I think he'll only win ten. So whether this is going to be that one tenth of an opportunity, if they were to fight a hundred times. That will be who who's showing up for the fight that night, and we know what we can expect from Mayweather. We we would hope that we see what we would expect from uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao. I just I just don't think that he. Don't forget, I admit the best Manny Pacquiao was was the Manny Pacquiao that uh, fought under 135 pounds. In my opinion. Well, the best Floyd Mayweather was the Floyd Mayweather who fought at 140 pounds. So, um, at, listen, yeah, listen. True. When 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 you look at these two guys, you know, and and it he, here's the difference with Canelo and Triple G. Canelo's a young gun. Canelo is is you know he's gotten better. Um, he he did. I I enjoyed watching Canelo last night. Me too. Um, Me too. You know, a lot of. A lot of my my opinion, and I've always liked Canelo, but a lot of my opinions kind of went south with his whole arrogant approach to the uh, to the steroid. You know, he's busted for the steroid use. He should have manned up and just said, "Hey, for, even if it came from the beef, I, I would have just said, hey, it's my responsibility what goes in my body.' End of story. Instead, he blames he blames Triple G and all this stuff. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what we saw last night was a really good, entertaining. Um, close fight. I, I had it the other way, but 
you know, the truth of the matter is, is I, I'm not any stretch of the imagination calling it a robbery. But what we clearly saw was youth versus age. You know, Canelo is moving forward. He's, he's, he's probably at the peak of his career right now. Um, and Triple G is not. He's at the end of his career. Now, when we talk about Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, if Floyd Mayweather fought a young, up-and-coming guy like Errol Spence or even a Sean Porter, I would love to see Sean Porter fight Mayweather. A any of these young fighters, you know, these, these young welterweights, Floyd would get destroyed. Let's be real. I don't care how much Floyd's little fanboy base uh, loves him and thinks he's great. Uh, you know, I, I, he would not beat these young guns. Okay, no, and, and, and Canelo Alvarez would have knocked them out if it, that that Canelo Alvarez was in the ring with them. But that was years well, ago. Well, well, wait a minute, Canelo. Floyd was smart to fight Canelo when he did. He, he knew did. that the kid exactly. was learning and everything. This is a different Canelo than 100%. what Floyd. But but and, and he would never fight anything outside of his comfort zone. But no. Floyd Mayweather knows that he's aging and he slowed down a step. Okay, we gotta we gotta assume that he does this. I know he talks so much that most people hate him. Uh, how great he is. He's you know blah blah blah. But he's picking the right opponent. He's picking uh, Manny Pacquiao, oh, yeah. who's in a similar situation. Sal, this is another guy that's seen better days. The difference between Floyd and Manny is simply this. Manny's been stopped. Floyd hasn't. What that means, maybe not on paper and maybe not in a large scope of things, but your body, okay, that slows you down a bit and it makes you a little more vulnerable. That's the edge that Floyd has, plus the styles. Floyd's style of running, and, and, and trust me, it's running. Don't tell me it's the sweet science, anybody out there. It's running, but it's effective. He lands a shot or two, gets out of harm's way, lands a shot or two, gets out of harm's way. Billy sees drinking scotch after scotch, and then that's why I'm hammered by the time his fights are over. you know. But the truth of the matter is, is that Floyd and Manny, to make the amount of money that they're going to make, they're not going to make what they made in the first fight, but to make what they make, what they will make in, a, in this fight is the most you know, sensible and, and financially sound fight that both of these guys could have. And it would still sell at 40 and 41 years old when they fight. You know, so, I mean, the truth of the matter is, it is what it is. This is going to be an evenly matched fight, Sal, because they're evenly matched in terms of their careers, where they are, their age, mileage, etc., etc. So when we look at this fight, it could be just as, it, it could be, it could be entertaining. It most yeah, likely won't because of Floyd, but um, it, it is the smartest fight for both these guys. And, wait, you know, and, and, and should Manny win? Guess what? They'll have a tr a third one <laughs> because will. because you know at that point the the unbeaten record that Floyd has has bamboozled the fan base into thinking was so important won't mean anything anymore and all it will mean is another huge payday and should Manny Pacquiao beat Floyd that's the fight you're going to see again and then people are going to compare that trilogy to the Sugar Ray Tommy Hearns trilogy even though it doesn't match up in terms of entertainment that's what today's young fan is going to match it and listen people are probably shaking their heads at me telling me i'm off base but think about it you got to be old enough to have watched uh the hearns 
and uh, and Sugar Ray Leonard uh, trilogy, and and no, and most people even forgot that there was a third fight. It ended in a draw, you know. So I, I mean, yeah, yes, people still bought it because they were two parallel fighters, just like Manny and Floyd were. You know, the first fight should have came, you know, three or four years sooner. And now we're going to get three, boom, 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 real, you know, two more in a row. But uh, it should, should, should uh, uh, Manny win. If Floyd wins again, uh, it's over. But uh, it will be the end of uh, both their careers. But I see Manny possibly winning this fight if he's uh, in, in the best shape that he can be and if he can, uh, you know, train without distractions. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. And you know what we'll hear from uh, HBO? At least we'll get the story of the fight. <laughs> well, you know, I don't understand why. They're, they're trying to, like I said, I they're hanging. They, they, they're, no, hanging. I, they're trying to create more fluff than the stuff. That's all they had to stay to was the factual stuff. But the story of the fight, hey, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother venue, a whole nother uh, approach, and a whole nother angle to look at it. I don't want to go, go belabor it. It's, it. It is what it is. It just caught me a couple of things. The story of the fight, how they kept saying, well, he's winning the story of the fight. It doesn't matter if you're winning the story of the fight. What the hell is the story of the fight? It's a matter of you're winning on the scorecards, as we obviously know. Uh, I I am uh, wrong on being uh, uh, corrected by uh, some people. They only fought twice. You know, I, I, Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns, they only fought twice. The fight that I'm c- confused it with was the uh, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Roberto Duran fought three times. Uh, that was the uh, the fight that I was confusing with Tommy Hearns. Tommy Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard only fought twice. <laughs> I'm going the trilogy. But, uh, but anyway, that's what happens when you get old. See what I'm talking about? You know, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, Floyd Mayweather and uh, Manny Pacquiao are going to fight at least twice, maybe three times, I don't know. But uh, like you said, the, the outcome will probably be the same. Well, we'll see. And you know what's you know what's so so uh, I guess enlightening and disheartening all in the same. There's many fights, as you mentioned, ahead for Canelo Alvarez against any one of the uh, fighters you mentioned, and more. And there's going to be a lot gunning after him. But you know what? There's only one fight for Triple G, and that is a rematch with Canelo Alvarez. And in my mind, in my opinion. That's about the only fight that uh, that he would have left, and that he would have to prove. And you know, could we see a could we see a fourth? Hey, well, guess what? If Triple G was to do what he should have done last night and and dominantly beat or knock out Canelo Alvarez in the next, yeah, there will be a there will be a fourth. But uh, if they do get to have a dance for the third time. It may just be a repeat of last night. So, that, uh, I, you know what? I was waiting for you to finish, and I agree with what you just said. If they fight a third time, it'll be a repeat of last night, or even worse for Triple G. Triple G has yeah. aged. He's he yeah, aged yeah. before oh, yeah. he aged before our eyes in the first Canelo fight, and you know people didn't want to hear it. Canelo and Oscar De La Hoya knew that that awaiting a year was not going to be. Uh, beneficial to, to Triple G. Triple G knew it. That's why he needed that fight, uh, you know, earlier this year and really didn't get anything out of it. And he, he, it's it's over. He's 36 and, you know, yes, he, he had less fights than than uh, uh, Canelo. You know, he's right now, uh, Triple G has is, is got, um, you know, 39 fights. It's his 40th fight. 
but the truth of the matter is, um, you know, he had over 300 amateur fights, uh, whereas yep. Canelo didn't. So, I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is the guy's got a lot of mileage on him. And when you're waiting in between the last couple of years, since he started this this uh, competition, so to speak, against Canelo, it's ruined his career because he it threw him off of what he was used to. He was used to fighting a couple of times, two or three times a year, and that's that got thrown off. And at the same time, he's aging. And at the same time, you know, he's changing how he fights. Uh, he's not the same fighter. And no. uh, I agree that the only fight for Triple G right now is a rematch with Canelo, but don't expect the outcome to be any different. If I'm Triple G, maybe I just get a uh, another uh, Vanis Martirosian type fight uh, to win and then retire with a W. It's always good to have a fighter retire on a winning note. Uh, you know, Chocolito Gonzalez is one that might consider retiring after his big win uh, the other night, but um, last night. But uh, but in any event, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, anyway, Sal, I, you know, I appreciate last minute uh, coming on. We did have some uh, technical issues last night. Uh, I enjoyed the fight overall. I did score uh, it for Triple G, 115-113, but uh, the fight was extremely close, uh, so I'm not going to call it a robbery or anything. I'm looking forward to uh, the improvements or, or uh, let me just say the, the rise for uh, Jaime uh, Magaya. Uh, this kid looks uh, like the real deal. I'm, um, uh, you know, so looking forward to him fighting some of the other uh, young guns uh, in the division or possibly uh, moving up. Uh, he is a little slow, but he looked good against Brandon Cook. Uh, so uh, David Lemieux getting another uh, life, so to speak, knocking out Spike O'Sullivan at 2 minutes and 44 seconds of the first round. Spike O'Sullivan never hit the canvas prior to last night. So uh, David Lemieux already being talked about as a possible uh, next opponent for Canelo. So uh, a lot of things uh, took place last night. Our new show time uh, will be uh, the time we started this morning uh, next week. Uh, so uh, make sure you guys uh, tune in for that. And uh, I promise we're going to have Sal's video fixed because uh, Sal, the uh, uh, non-technical guy that he is, uh, is uh, going to have it uh, resolved. So uh, uh, in any event, don't forget to uh, visit our website for all the latest boxing news, www.billycboxing.com. And uh, i leave you with this. Make sure you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat ta channel. Ch -ta -ch -ta channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.